Hi everybody and welcome to a new episode of TCK's Premier League podcast with me, Sebastian Noren. I'm joined by Polly Quastel. Uh, no Elliot today, he's having some technical difficulties, so uh, you're stuck with myself and Polly, but we'll do our best, right Polly? We will. Yeah, are you going to try and be a little bit more positive? Oh, oh god no. God no. I will, you know what, I'll make you a deal, I'll make you a deal. I will be as positive as Jose Mourinho's tactics were in that game yesterday. Well, that's not positive at all. Ooh, there you go. And we'll get to that later, but... We'll start things off with Saturday, uh, early game there. Chelsea, Leicester, three nothing. Boom. Leicester. What are you gonna say about Leicester? I mean, it doesn't surprise me that they're not live. You know, although did they really have any pressure on them this season? I would say no, because I feel like last season was just a freak, wonderful freak accident. Um, so they shouldn't be playing with any pressure, but they are. It looks like they are. And Chelsea, I mean, they even kept them from recording a single shot on target, which I think was the first time a champion was held without a shot on goal since Manchester United in 2012. Who is that against? Manchester City. We were that bad against City under Fergie? Yeah, I guess so. Mm. I mean, that's what they said on TV, you know. It, it, I'll take their word for it. I did not have the F or the patience to double check that stuff. But yeah, three nothing Chelsea. They really good performance by Chelsea. Um, Diego Costa got off early start there, seventh minute, and you were like, okay, well, this is just gonna go one way now. Hazard also scored, and then wing back Victor Moses. So you're telling me that in one season we lost the city six one, and then in the next game we didn't record a shot on target. <laughs> oh, you got stuck on that now, huh? And then and and get this, we lost the title on goal differential that year. Mm, even better. Oh, that was the one nil. Okay, wait, that was the one nil game that Vincent Company scored late. Okay. Yeah, we were pretty shit in that game. Yeah. So yeah, wing back Victor Moses. Uh, all right, so you know when the uh, fixture list came out, people very much were quick to notice this. Uh, in Leicester's, for, in all six of their games this year, following their group stage match in the Champions League, they will be playing at home the following game in the league, and people were, well, that's going to be a break for them and good for them. So far, their schedule uh, in the three games before their group stage matches at Liverpool, at Manchester United, at Chelsea. And when you have one eye on the Champions League, that makes those games a lot harder, and maybe these results aren't as surprising? No, not at all. And I mean, looking at, you know, the lineup that they had out there too, you know, with both Morris and Slimani starting on the bench, it's clear that they're just going for it in the Champions League. I think they're they're not going to be in any sort of relegation threat in the league they're too good for that but at the same time they they realize they're not going to be competing for i don't even think they'll be competing for a europa league spot so make the most out of your adventure here in the champions league but what happens all right but what happens in that situation because they just signed all these players you have Riyad mars does that lead to a mass exodus next season 
No, I don't think so. I mean, they don't need they don't need to sell players. Morris, Morris. No, 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 but will people want to leave? Uh, they might, but at the same time, it's not a player's market anymore with the influx of cash in the Premier League. No, I mean, but the but uh, I mean, I guess I guess what you're saying is, you know, would you take less money to play in the Champions League elsewhere? My thought was, you know, you signed with Leicester because they can one, they can pay you, and two, like when you when you take a, um, it was Slomani who came from Sporting, right? Mm-hmm. And Ahmed Musa who came from he came from CSKA or he came from Russia, right? Yeah. Um. See, so, so both of them could have been playing in the Champions League. You go to Leicester because they could pay you more, and you get to uh, play in the Premier League. You get to play in the Premier League, and you but you still the, you still get to play in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. So next year, if you're not in the Champions League, are you going to maybe a club like uh, Napoli or some? You know, Napoli's probably a bad example because Napoli can't pay you crap. Um, but maybe maybe like a team that finishes third in Germany. Like, would you go to? Would you go there? Like, would you go somewhere else where you'll be in the Champions League, but you might have to be being, getting paid a little bit less? I don't think so. I, I think that, you know, Leicester can just say, no, we're not selling you. I mean, Morris, he's got a contract that's good until 2020 now. So he's not going anywhere. Uh, an, an, an unhappy player is an unhappy player. I mean... Yeah, sure, it's an unhappy player, but you're still got to go on with your job, and it's not going to do you any favors of moping around. I mean, there's I mean, always I a just... break. There's always a breaking point if someone comes and says, "Hey, we'll pay you, you know, eighty million dollars for Morris." Then, yeah, of course they'll sell him. Right, but also, but they're if, not. If they're player... not. They're not going to be like, "Oh, well, Mars wants to leave, so therefore we'll just accept this bid for thirty million. No. no, but how well does it work? You know, like look at Sadio Berahino. Like, you know, he's been a superstar since he said, "I want to leave," and West Brom said, "No, we're not going to sell you." No, he can't even get off the bench. No, because he doesn't have the right mentality. Clearly, right, but it's also affected his game, and that's the risk that you worry is. You know, obviously Berahino could be the extreme case, but he might not be. Maybe, you know, he's someone who ends up being truly unhappy and it ends up affecting their game. Gotta think about these things. Yeah, but at the same time, that's where Ranier comes in too. He's got to do his job as a manager here and get the group together. That's true. And and I mean, I do, I don't know them personally, but looking at Claudio Ranieri and Tony Pulis, I would say that Ranieri is the better man manager and he would he would be like the nice italian uncle i don't know i feel like that's i feel like that's making a rash statement whereas pulis is more like guess what you're 16 go get a job get out of my house yeah that's not surprising to anybody (laughs) okay so in any ways chelsea picks up the win there so really good for them uh, Leicester, they will go. Oh off. my God! Leicester's schedule doesn't get any easier either. <laughs> no, so they take on. Let's jump over to their next game. We might as well talk about that. They're taking on FC Copenhagen in the Champions League, and they could really solidify their um, place at the top of the group if they pick a win here against Danes. So right now they're you know two wins, so they're top of the group. 
Copenhagen is, is in second with four points, and then Porto has one point, and Club Bruges zero points. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, we, I thought, what did we say? We thought it was going to be between Leicester and Porto yes. to get through at, at the top, or, or is that to win the league? I don't know. I, I feel like Copenhagen is the big... You got to beat Copenhagen. If you beat Copenhagen, you're through, and you could worry about. And in the last three games, you can worry about trying to win the group rather than trying to uh, get through the group. Yeah, I mean, the a, issue, a win here would mean that they would need like a point, a point. in the last three. So, right, unless Club Bruges actually doesn't uh, get any points, that's always the danger you run. Yeah, is you need you need the fourth place team to accumulate some points, and then ten points will get you through. But other, if you have like. Maccabi Tel Aviv last year who doesn't get any points. So everybody's getting six points when they play them. Ten sometimes doesn't get you through. No. Um, yeah, the one problem that they're going to deal with is Copenhagen doesn't doesn't give up any goals. No, they're pretty solid defensively. They've given up nine goals in all competitions. That includes the qualifying rounds of the Champions League and everything. Nine goals. Six of those goals came in, in July and August. Yeah. So three goals since September started. And Leicester kind of have are kind of having a, a little bit of a problem scoring goals recently. Mm-hmm. I that's, mean, I could see it be another like one nothing game though. I think that's exactly how it's going to go. I think Leicester will get it. It'll they're going to do the the blueprint that they did against Porto. They'll get a goal and it'll be a tight contested affair, and they'll hold on. Yes. Okay. Then jumping back to the Premier League, we had Bournemouth. Their schedule, but like, geez. Yes. Then they come home, so they play at home this week against. Crystal Palace, that's no easy game anymore. Um, and then their next game prior to a Champions League game is away to Tottenham. Yep. Like, they, like they, they literally said, all right, we're going to give you all home games after the Champions League, but we're going to give you the most difficult away games before the Champions League. Yeah. Yep. It's, I mean, there's some give and take there. Absolutely. Bournemouth, they put a walloping on Hull City 6-1. 6-1. That's tennis score. Yeah, but what did I tell you on Friday when we recorded? That Hull were not very good. Uh, exactly. <laughs> That's. I didn't think Bournemouth had the uh, ability to put six past somebody. Um, but No, I mean, it's Hull their... I mean, they. yes, they have a very brief history in the Premier League, but that's their highest scoring game in the Premier League. Yeah, but I, even... I mean, I can't, what were they? I don't think they were scoring six in a game in the championship. Like, you know, this isn't. No, I mean six six goals is all. I mean, that's where you really raise an eyebrow and say, oh, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, uh, if if it's a really good team against a really poor team, let's say you know, Manchester City would go up against Sunderland. If they won five nothing, yeah, whatever. You know, it's a, it's not a big shocking result but when a team like Bournemouth puts six on Hull you know you you gotta be worried if you're Hull and oh never mind they did they did put up six in the champions in the championship there you go they did it a couple of times they did it to Blackpool Mm -hmm. who are now down in league two already this was two years ago in the championship Blackpool are already in league two yep Um, they scored five against Cardiff City they did Six at Blackpool. Didn't like when Blackpool played in the Premier League. Didn't United like not even win there? I don't remember. I feel like we got a draw. That's that that has the kind of game that we got a draw like written all over it. So they scored six at Blackpool. They scored eight 
at Birmingham. And in the preseason that year, they beat Dorchester Town 11-0. Dorchester Town, that sounds like a like fifth or sixth tier team. We'll find out in a second. <laughs> Level of England of England's pyramid. Well, they have a Wikipedia page. Oh, they play in the they were founder members of the conference south. They currently play in the Southern League Premier Division, which is semi professional and amateur clubs. There you go. Yeah. Anywho. It's winning six. Uh, it's winning... level seven and eight. Okay, there we go. Winning six one in the Premier League, though that is impressive. It was also Mike Phelan's first game as the permanent manager of Hull. So, last. <laughs> I mean, his contract runs until the end of the season. If they get relegated, he's not going to be there. Uh, but if they keep playing like this, he might not even last till Christmas. Moving on. Arsenal. They hung on. They got a 3-2 win over Swansea. Uh, Granny Jaka got sent off with 20 minutes to go there. Uh, but they managed to uh, close the door there and got three points. Theo Walcott scored twice in this one. So it's too bad Elliot is not with us today. Well, it's still early season. You know, he's, he's actually extended his September form in, into October. So give him a round of applause for that. Um, he... Got England starts this week for no reason other than the fact that his name is Theo Walcott and he avoided injury in the England games because that's usually where his downfall comes. So give him a round of applause for that. And yeah, uh, this is classic Arsenal. Play really well in September and October. And when you play really well, eventually um, the goals start flowing. And when the goals start flowing, eventually the really nice goals start flowing. And that's what we saw when Sanchez connected with Ozil on that third goal, which was mm-hmm. like a thing of beauty. Yeah, Ozil scoring on his 20th birthday, so good for him. How did you think that uh, Bob Bradley did as his first game in charge of Swansea? Not bad, not bad. Team didn't quit, team didn't fight. Uh, he pulled it back to 3-2. Um, certainly needs to hire a stylist because his wardrobe choices were suspect at best and horrific at worst. Um, yeah, how how would you describe his outfit? The, the Steve Jobs, but okay. come on, there you go. I mean, why are you doing that? <laughs> why, why, man? Uh, it was know. it was interesting to say the least, and yeah, like, I mean, I guess you know you do that because just in case Arsenal blow you out of the building, people will still only be talking about you trying to dress like Steve Jobs rather than the fact that you still have a ways to go with your team. But I think they're gonna come come along. He he threw in. In his post-match press conference, he threw in the classic NFL coaches cliche of we could build on that loss. Like, you know, there were positives and we could build on that. Um, but I yeah, And I hate when people do that, but, you know, they, they can build on it. Mm-hmm. And then Manchester City, they got a 1-1 draw against Everton. I got that one on the nose, so I'll pat myself on the back right now. There we go. Yeah, Manchester City. Hmm. Winless in three straight games. And now they're going up against Barcelona in the Champions League tomorrow. This is, this is the time when Manchester City starts to, you know, do things like this. We, we spoke about it last week, and you hit the nail on the head. Like, 
their schedule had been much easier than we thought, and now they were starting to play some good teams. Kevin De Bruyne actually came back from injury in this game, and and missed a penalty. We got to say that they missed well, everybody misses penalties they, on Manchester City these days. They missed two penalties. I mean, Martin Stecklenburg had a phenomenal game in net for Everton. I'm a little bit pissed off that I dropped him from my fantasy team. Um, but yeah, so De Bruyne missed one in the first half, and then Aguero missed one in the second half. Oh, and bad news for Elliot. Uh, I picked up Theo Walcott last week on like one of those quick rash decisions, so he'll be in my lineup for next week. So goodbye to Arsenal's good form. Yeah, Lukaku scored the go-ahead goal for Everton. He's in fine form, and then Nolito got the equalizer for City. Uh, how do you think they'll fare on the road against Barcelona? Uh, not. <laughs> This is oh, that game's tomorrow, right? Yes. That game's on Wednesday. Yeah. Probably won't be able to watch much of it, but that's a good game to watch. Yeah. Um, Pep Guardiola returning to Barcelona. He he'll know how to like stop them, but you know is, I don't think Pep's the kind of guy that'll go in there and say we want to stop Barcelona. I feel like he's more the kind of guy that'll go in there and say we want to beat them. Mm-hmm. As he had, he did say that before the game here. That, you know, they're going there with the mindset of winning the game. Right. And that's where you can get yourselves into trouble because that's when Barcelona can really hit you hard. I mean, it will uh, be interesting to see John Stones go up against that attacking trio of Messi, Suarez, and Neymar. Yeah, that'll be funny. That's a big test for him. That'll be fun. You know, but like, I feel like it's, I feel like you're, you're about to play them twice and. I feel like he'll have a good game in one of them and a really bad game in the other. What kind of reception do you think Guardiola will get? He'll get applause. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it's not like they hate him. It's not like he ever went there with Bayern Munich and whooped the crap out of them. <laughs> okay, then jumping back, Premier League, we got Stoke. They finally picked up a win. They beat Sunderland 2 nothing. So Sunderland is now the lone team without a win this season in the league. Uh a uh, double salvo from Joe Allen secured the win for Stoke. I'm just going to say that since since the, the six goals for Bournemouth discussion, I've been down a rabbit hole of weird English football league <laughs> stuff based on their friendlies. I am currently on the, the Wikipedia page for the Wessex Football League, um, who they're 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 top league in the the top the top the premier league of the Wessex Football League is in the fifth division of the National League system which is the ninth tier of the English football system and this all came from because uh, when Bournemouth were in their first year in the championship they beat a team called Christchurch 7-1 on a friendly and Christchurch plays in the Wessex Football League the more you know more you know so what do you say about joe allen and his start at stoke it's been great welsh messy um and this is what wales needs because aaron ramsey has been mia this year and they're starting to drop some points in uefa qualifying so you need welsh welsh messy to to pick it up but like seriously where's the rest of stoke yeah arnautovic had an assist but like come on like come on where's stoke where is Stoke? Like, we're waiting for Stoke to come around, and where are they? You can't just get by because you don't get to play Sunderland every week, who 
I want to say they're shockingly bad, but I also said at the beginning of the season that they were going to be Aston Villa levels of bad. So I guess I can't use the word shockingly because this was expectedly bad. Yeah. I, yeah. Just, I expect more from David Moyes. Is he going to be fired before Christmas if they keep if if let's say they go into the holiday period still winless? No, he's not going to get fired. No. Um, I I do question his transfer policy. Of, um, he came in and just didn't sign anybody, and then said, "You know what? I'll just get a bunch of United Academy players," which I guess isn't the worst strategy because Leicester have a bunch of them and United Academy players pretty much populate the entire bottom half of the table. Uh, mostly the defenders though. But David Moyes isn't the kind of guy that you're going to hire and then be like, alright, we're going to make a change in Christmas. Uh, I don't think that helps. I think David Moyes is the kind of guy who actually you need to give him time and stability and he'll implement something And because he's not so much a grow externally kind of guy he's more of a grow from within kind of guy remember what he was at everton their strength was that they just had an endless supply of kids coming up because they developed their kids they Mm -hmm. they promoted from the academy and they got all this talent coming up from the ranks there and that was really the strength of their club not yeah they're really the only time i mean look think about all the people that everton bought and how they were pretty much all busts with the exception of the people that they bought with the money that came from selling Wayne Rooney. When they bought Fellaini and Mikel Arteta, and uh, I think they bought Lescott with that money. Like, that was a successful string, but everybody else that he ever bought, like uh, Dinar Billy uh, Letdenov, and whatever his name is, you know, anybody that they spent money on was a, was a bust. Louis Saha came, I'm pretty sure, for free. It was an undisclosed fee. That means, like, what? Like, undisclosed fee usually means like 25 bucks and a, and a pizza, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Howard, essentially free. Those guys worked out, but anybody they spent money on don't work out. So I think you got to give David Moyes time to really establish himself at the club, and it might not pay off for another two or three years. But and it'll definitely, you know, eventually you'll see Sunderland put put something together in the championship, win the championship, and they'll come up and they'll they'll get themselves back into like eleventh place in the league, and they'll they'll get from there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we can already decide that they are going down this season. Well, I decided that in August. Yeah. <laughs> then West Brom, they got a 1-1 draw against Tottenham. Uh, Deli Ali rescuing a point there for Spurs with a goal in the 89th minute. Uh, Nasser Chadli had scored for West Brom in the 82nd. And yeah, West Brom just doing West Brom things. Oh, yeah. Spurs fans were not happy about that. Understandable. Uh, I mean, I can't criticize West Brom too much because apparently we signed their manager on loan for this weekend. So, um, but yeah, this is this is what West Brom do. Their last few games: one-one to Tottenham, one-one to Sunderland, one-one to Stoke, four-two to West Ham. So that's a bit of an aberration. One-nil to Bournemouth, nil-nil. Uh, yeah, I mean, two one, two one to Everton, one yeah. nil to Crystal Palace. You know, like no, I think would... with with Shadley, they finally got a player that can sort of break the mold uh, that Pioli set up there. So Jesus, even their friendlies were bad. Uh, 
this this is their friendlies. Two one two one lost to PSG. Two one win to Kittermeister. Two one win. Nil nil draw. Two one loss. One nil loss. Mm. I mean, come on. Yeah, you'll take give you'll them credit. Take... Give them credit for sticking to what they do. Yeah, you'll take the under every time. Um, so yeah, Spurs they're going up against Bayer Leverkusen in the Champions League here today, Tuesday. Um, I mean, on the road against Leverkusen, on paper, not the easiest of games, but they've not been in the best of form. They've been in horrific form. They have, they're 10th in the Bundesliga. They have 10 points. They're not doing anything this year. But they also haven't lost at home since March. Spurs are without Harry Kane. Spurs are without Toby Alderweireld, and that's the big that's the big one. Is how are Spurs going to react to Toby Alderweireld being out? Um, they went through they went through issues last year with um, with Jan Vertonghen being out, and and Kevin Wimmer just stepped right in, and mm-hmm. it was fine. But I feel like that's because yeah, but uh, that's Alderweireld's effort, though. Right, exactly. I I feel like I feel like last year was one of those situations, like when. When United first paired Rio Ferdinand and Nemanja Vidic together, and every and like Ferdinand was the big name, so like everybody was like he's the best defender, and then really it was like Vidic was actually the best defender that was carrying Ferdinand. I feel like that was what it was. Uh, you take out you take out Vertonghen, and Alderweireld could still carry the load. If you take out Alderweireld, could Vertonghen carry the load with with Wimmer, or do you have to go to Eric Dyer? Uh, if you go to Eric Dyer, does that does that leave you a little bit looser in the midfield, or do you think you can get get away with it with uh, Dembele and and Wanyama? Because that could, if that if that partnership works, then all of a sudden you could drop Dyer back, and and all of a sudden you're 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 cooking with a little bit of fire. But it's it's putting a lot of pressure on this team to keep keeping clean sheets while someone finds a way to get them a one 0 win because they're without Harry Kane. Having said that, I think they win one 0 mm, I mean, I, I feel like Hongmin Son has been in fine form. And... He's returning to yeah. where he came from. Exactly. I mean, Bayern Munich, not Korea. Bayer Leverkusen. Leverkusen. Yeah. yeah. Bayer, yeah, the, the other German Bayer team. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how they fare, but uh, yeah, missed opportunity for them though in the league as Manchester City drop points. It was a really good weekend for Arsenal. They're up in second place now. And we should mention that they also play in the Champions League. They play tomorrow, Wednesday, against Ludogorets Razgad from Bulgaria. So that Yeah, sh- that's a win. That should be an easy win. Then, yeah. la- last game Don't on... Don't win it. Yeah. Last game on Sunday, that was West Ham taking on Crystal Palace. They pulled out a one nothing victory there. Uh, Manuel Lanzini with the lone goal of the game. Uh, Christian Benteke missed a penalty. That was just horrible. I don't know what he was trying to do there, but it went high it, well, and wide. He was wide. trying to go top corner, but for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Yep. We all know you just smash it down the middle. Come on. Or into the bottom corner or something. <laughs> Anytime you put, anytime you lift the ball off the ground on a penalty, you're making the goalkeeper's job easier. Yeah. Mm, uh, other noteworthy thing from this game was Aaron Cresswell. He was back from injury finally, uh, but got sent off after picking up two yellow cards in the span it's of. It's funny because like, like 
55 seconds or something like that? In the, in the first half, about five minutes into this game, um, I actually thought, like, I thought to myself, you know why, like, you know what West Ham probably need? They probably need Aaron Cresswell back. That will probably really help them out. I didn't realize he was playing, and then I looked up and I was like, oh, look, he's back. And then in the second half, it was like, he's gone. Yeah, he provided. Like, the, right, maybe not. Yeah, he provided the assist on the goal by Lanzini, but then he—I mean, those yellow cards were ridiculous. First, he gets penalized for allegedly diving inside the penalty area, which he didn't, and then it was a totally fair challenge on Saha down the line, and he got another card because the assistant referee said so. So, so boo on Martin. Martin Atkinson, boo. That was just could poor. be worse. Could be Anthony Taylor. Yeah, could be, could be. Uh, Middlesbrough, they lost one nothing to Watford. Hard fought game, not the uh, most enjoyable one to watch. That's for sure. Yo, but... shame on whoever picked this match for TV, because I think we're still in the um, we're still in that range right now where. Like these games got picked before the season started, but seriously, like who looked at Middlesbrough and Watford and said we need to televise that one? I don't know. It was not a very good. Jose Holabas scored the lone goal of the game. Uh, that was a fantastic strike, though. Uh, the goal was awesome, but everything else was poor. I mean, that first half was drab. It the, the whole game sucked. Some people even fell asleep. I saw on Twitter. Do you do realize that, that someone, that an executive at Sky looked at the slate this week and said, we need to televise, we definitely need to televise Middlesbrough and Watford and Southampton and Burnley. Um, and we don't really, I'm like, but like we could just let Manchester City and Everton slide by the wayside. No one, no one in the country wants to see that one. Yeah, maybe it's a big Middlesbrough fan. I don't know. I don't know. The other game on Sunday, that was Southampton taking on Burnley. A 3-1 win for Southampton. Two goals by Charlie Austin. One by Nathan Redmond. And then Sam Vokes scored a consolation goal for Burnley, which was their first away goal this season. I told you, they can't play away. No. They're they can't very... play away from Turf Moor. Southampton, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice here. Uh, write this down. Take it to the bank. Remember last time Southampton... Um, have the longest streak of scoring in home games in the Premier League right now. Mm-hmm. Most consecutive home games where they've scored goals. They are very good defensively too. Heading coming into this game, they've held six clean sheets. I can tell you who definitely does not have the longest streak of home scoring games because of whoever their manager was last year would be Manchester United. Yes. And yesterday, Monday, we saw that Liverpool-Manchester United game. It ended in a scoreless draw. Uh, yeah, another game that wasn't that much fun to watch, that's for sure. Um, first half, I think United did a good job of slowing down the game, though. They surely didn't allow Liverpool to drive up the tempo. They pressed hard, and they pressed high. But they could not sustain that throughout the whole game. And they, they had... fouled, and they fouled, yes. and they fouled, and they mucked up the game. And Tony Pulis was standing there on the touchline, loving it. Yeah, I know you're getting less and less excited about Jose Mourinho by the day. What do you mean less and less excited? Yeah, 
You were already not excited, and now it's just getting so, worse. So yeah, you can't even say I'm less excited because the word "excited" is never in in was never used to describe me. Okay, you're getting more and more depressed. From the moment his name was thrown out there as a replacement for Sir Alex Ferguson, I said, "Don't give me him, not him." And then, since then, his career has only deteriorated more. And you're you're Manchester, like you're Manchester United. There are certain teams. Manchester United is one of them. Um, Barcelona, I guess, is one of them. Real Madrid is one of them, even though they don't abide by this. Bayern Munich, probably one of them. You should never be hiring a manager who just got fired. Because he obviously got fired for failing at something. So what makes you think he's going to turn around and fix it? Especially, and, and now there's a difference between if you got fired from your first job, so you learned and you can correct those mistakes. Like, you know, you had success, but you'll, you made some mistakes and you'll correct them. But a manager who's been fired more than once, why are you hiring? You're Manchester United. Like, find a manager that's been really good and convince him to leave his current job to take your job. Unless you're and, picking a manager from Real who they've fired because they only won the league. Yeah, but... Yeah, but... I mean, we've seen that happen. I mean, yes, we've seen that happen. Yeah. But you know, Jose Mourinho has been fired from every job he's had. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he he, even, he wasn't my first choice, that's for sure. He didn't make it to the end of his to the end of the season last year. So you're taking a guy who was available since December, and before he even got fired from the Chelsea job, was already positioning himself in. He was already like, um, he was already, he was, he, we talked about this last week with, with Bob Bradley saying Jurgen Klinsmann was jockeying for his job. Jose Mourinho was jockeying for the United job before he even got fired for the Chelsea job. And it was like, dude, like how arrogant are you that you're so bad right now that you actually are going to get fired from your team because you have them in the relegation zone and you think that you should just waltz into Old Trafford and become the manager? And what he did in this game on Monday was just completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Say, say what you want about Louis Van Gaal. And we've said a lot. And we've said almost it all. And he was awful. And I'm so glad that I don't have to watch him manage the team anymore. Even though yesterday looked a lot like Louis Van Gaal's team. Um, square ball after square ball after square ball. Unless it was Fellaini making the pass. If it was Fellaini making the pass, then the pass went behind the person who he was passing to and they had to go back to get it. But Louis van Gaal never went to Anfield and played not to lose. And that's what Jose Mourinho did yesterday. Yes, absolutely. Went to Anfield and played not to lose. And that's unacceptable. That's that's unacceptable if you're the manager of Manchester United. You cannot go to Liverpool and say, our goal is to not lose to you. That is David Moyes type. That is what David Moyes would do. And that's why David Moyes didn't last a full season at Old Trafford. Because his his attitude against the big teams was we're not going to lose to you, and that's not that's not how you became the club that Manchester United became. You they became that club because they have a swagger about them, and that swagger is we will we will come into your house if you come into our house we'll kick you right out, and we will come into your house and beat you too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it won't work, and we'll lose, and we'll lose spectacularly sometimes. But we are not going to come in and just and go with, well, 
and walk out and say, hey, we kept a clean sheet, good job by us, but even though we didn't muster a single attack all day, we did not do that. We, were, we come in and we try to beat you, and you left every skill player that you got off the, on the bench with the exception of Zlatan and because, well, Zlatan got to do what he does, which is just hang out up top and do nothing. Um, and then Rashford's the other guy. He pinned Rashford against the right touch line, which is just such a complete waste of his talent. Um, because Rashford's not a natural winger. He's a striker. And you, I guess you're trying to exploit uh, James Milner, left back James Milner, but mm-hmm. that didn't work. When Rashford did get the ball, he's not a he's not a right, you know he's not a right winger. He's not. A, I'm just going to run down the right side and cross it in. So every time he would he would cut into the middle with the ball, which he did such a good job doing that. He did. He was so good at it. But when he does that, if he's doing it from the right side, he's now cutting onto his weaker foot, mm-hmm. and he couldn't be successful. It would have helped if you had Antonio Valencia coming up and overlapping. But both fullbacks had an edict from Marino of don't you dare get forward. So neither of them really ever got into a dangerous area. Yeah, that was that was pretty clear. At one at one point, Valencia had it on the edge of the box and um, Pogba was in the box. Fale- um, Zlatan was in the box. I think Rashford was in the box. And Fellaini made an effort to like, he sprinted into the box. And all of a sudden, there was like, all right, you have the guys in the box that you want to get it in the box, and you have the ball on the foot of one guy who the only thing that ever goes through his head is run straight down the touchline and boom across in. And that was the first time in his career he decided, I'm going to cut this to the inside, but I'm still only going to use my right foot. So like, there's, there's definitely not a chance that this will work, but I'm going to cut this to the inside instead of crossing it in when I have my four best guys with their heads in the box waiting for me to cross it in. And I was dumbfounded when that happened. But other than that, the fullbacks weren't allowed to get forward. And then he has Pogba. Like, Pogba doesn't fit into his defensive plans, even though Pogba is a pretty good defensive midfielder. Or not saying he's a holding midfielder, but, you know, he can defend. So he just lets Pogba run around, and, and he ends up playing right off Zlatan's shoulder the entire game, which is that's exactly where you want Rashford. That's exactly where you want Rashford. Or you want... Zlatan playing off Rashford's shoulder because every so often when United did look somewhat dangerous, it's because they played a ball in behind the defenders that Zlatan just couldn't get to. But like, that's what you, that's it. That's what Pogba likes to do. And Rashford, that's what Rashford's good at doing. It, it made no sense to me. And at the end of the day, like you looked at, at Ashley Young starting on the left wing for the first time since January. And, both he and Rashford were pinned into their own zone most of the game playing at left, playing fullback, playing as extra fullbacks. It was the most defensive setup I've ever seen, and it's unacceptable if you want to be the Manchester United manager. Mm. And these were the concerns before the season that Manchester United play a certain way and Jose Mourinho does not play that way. And he came in and he said, oh, you, no, managers change, and every manager has to change. Like You can't just play one system. You can't just play one way. Of course I will change. Of course I will adapt, and you have done none of that. You've played only your system, and you just plug players into it, and it hasn't worked so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, David De Gea got to bail them out on a couple of occasions there, a couple of good saves for the Spaniards. Because we played, and, and isn't that telling? Isn't that telling? You remember last year where every single game, whether we were – in the lead, whether we were 
or whether it was a draw or whether the score was level. If we had a one goal lead or if the score was level. In the last five minutes, Davidea always had to make an incredible save to preserve the score line because we were playing Van Gaal ball, and we did the same thing yesterday. And guess who had to make a bunch of saves to preserve to preserve the result? Yeah, well, he's... we haven't had that at all this year. We, you know, in one nil wins and one goal wins in draws, you know, we haven't had to to call on De Gea to preserve the score line, and it happened yesterday because we played we played not to lose. And usually when you play not to lose, you lose. It's just we happen to have the best goalkeeper in the world to save us. We'll see how they fare on Thursday. They go up against Fenerbahce in the Europa League. And we should mention that Southampton takes on Inter Milan. It's not even – I mean, such a telling sign. He didn't even make any changes. Like, someone, someone even tried to tell me, like, I don't think Mourinho played not to lose. And I went, what do you mean? Like, he was like, oh, you just sat back and, like, tried to hit him on the counter. I was like, no, because if, if that's your strategy, then over the last 15 minutes, when you, you'll look at it and you'll be like, oh, this game is winnable right now, and you'll try to win it. Jose Mourinho, the only thing he did is he took off one attacker and brought on another attacker for him, and then in the last three minutes, he brought on another fullback. He left every uh, skill player that he has on the bench. Hmm? Every single skill player was left on the Mata, Lingard. Uh, if you wanted to do something and spring some attacks, you would have brought in Michael Carrick, who the fact that he's only played once this year and that was in the League Cup is uh, like an unmitigated failure on Mourinho, who came in and, you know, Van Gaal was ready to let Carrick go. You know, he never offered him a new contract. He hated him. He played him begrudgingly, even though he made the team better. Mourinho comes in, makes it a point to, to give Carrick a new contract. He likes Carrick. You know, we've seen what he what he does to midfielders he doesn't like. But why is Carrick not played? He was he won man of the match in the only game where he did play. Yeah, no, I, it is a mind-boggling thing, and I, I don't understand his obsession with Moron Fellaini. Yeah, I mean, and I thought Fellaini did a good job against Liverpool, but that's... That's because, you know, you pretty much told Fellaini, go out there and just be a midfield bully. And that's what he could do. There were just, there were too many times where the only, it looked like the only guy who was really trying out there was Ander Herrera. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, I, that's not, what's going to happen when he goes to Chelsea this week? Same thing, because he doesn't want to go into Chelsea and lose. That's the last thing he wants. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, looking at the table right now, United are down in seventh. They have 14 points, so they're only five points behind City and Arsenal. But, yeah, you can't – you got to start winning these big games and then just take care of business against and the people lesser came, teams. People are, people are coming out of are coming out and being like, you know, this was – it's a good result. It's a good result. And, yeah, I would have – I would have signed on – for a draw earlier in the game, but I would have signed on for a draw if, like, you know, we were trying to win. If we were trying to win this game and and it was 1-1 or 2-2 and, you know, even if something like that. But this was just, we came in for 90 minutes and it was like, maybe we'll get a chance to score, but, if but like, that's not what's important. What's no. important is uh, that we sit back and we don't concede. And, you know, you can get away with that, but not when... You know, not when you've you've had the season that you've had already, where you you got blown out of the water by City, you followed that up by losing to Feyenoord. 
you just got to draw against Stoke. Yeah. I no, mean, I, mean I, I can understand if it's a game, let's say, like, you're taking on a Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid on the road in a knockout game in the Champions League. If it's the first leg, you're away. Yeah, okay. I, You know, it's not my favorite setup when you play like that. But, you know, if you're going to do it in a game like that, that's fine. But in the league, just go for it. Sir Alex Ferguson never did that. Never did that. And he set himself – and he's and, – and that's not to say he never had games where he set up and and played a really defensive def- defensive shape and with all of his defensive players. I mean, look at what he did against Barcelona in the first leg of the semifinals in 2008. You know, like Rooney was off on the left, Ronaldo was central, Jisung Park was in there. Every defensive player we had was in there. We still got we still got forward and attacked a few times. We should have won that game. Ronaldo missed the penalty a minute in. We won a penalty right away. You know, we attacked, but. For the most part, it was pick your spots. This was just sit back and barely attack because the players that, you know, at least, you know, you have a, a workhorse like Rooney getting back and attacking there, but at least when you need to get forward, you could get it to Rooney and he can attack. Ashley Young's not doing that. No. Fellaini's not doing that. Rashford's pinned against the right touchline. He's not doing that. You're getting no fullback support. This is Liverpool. This is the biggest game of the season. You know, like if... If you could only win one away game all year, which one would it be? Liverpool or City? It'd be at Anfield. Be the game at Anfield. Where we've actually, we had won seven out of nine, which is astonishing to me because I'm pretty sure, like, I don't, pretty sure we always lose that game. We've won, but, you know, you can't go in there and say, we're Manchester United, we're going to play not to lose. You're in seventh place. Come on, like, you're in seventh place. Half the half the fan base already hates you because they know that you're a crock of shit, and the other half are missing brain cells. Mm-hmm. We'll see how they fare going forward, but you know, I I don't. What's going to have to happen though for Mourinho to get fired from United? He'd have to miss the Champions League two years in a row. Yeah. Which is so aggravating. It's so aggravating. But that's what it'll take. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, uh, I mean, like... And is it not like... I mean, what did you buy Henrik Mkhitaryan for? You won't use him because he doesn't really fit your system. So why'd you buy him? It's... The man's mind just astonishes me. And Ed Woodward thinking that this guy was the guy to grab. Unbelievable. Well, and I mean, I can't as, believe, I, as critical as we were of Von Hall, we've been equally critical of Woodward too. Yes, uh, but it's, it's, it, it boggles my mind how there are people out there that are like, oh, you have a great manager with Jose. And it was like, dude, what, like, what game have you been watching for the last few years? Yeah, he goes out there and he buys some of the best players in the world, and that, which some of them don't even fit his system, and then right away he throws them to the bench. Um, he'll win a, week, a league title, and then he leaves, and you're screwed. <sighs> God damn it. Yeah, but I mean, it's the same. I mean, some managers and players, they live a long time on their name. 
I mean, just look at all the stuff that we've seen on social media here after Didier Drogba refused to play for Montreal Impact. And people are like, oh, Drogba, he's so good. Like, yeah, he's 38 years old. It's astonishing to me that, like, Jurgen Klopp, like, even came out to defend him earlier this week. And he was like, oh, the game isn't – the game – the game uh, hasn't passed him by. I'm like, yeah, no, he's just in a dead period right now. But, like, it's not like his thing doesn't work anymore. No, it doesn't. It's antiquated. You came up playing one way. You won the Champions League with it. You got to move to Chelsea. And you're still playing the same way, and the game has evolved from there. And it's it's weird for me to say that because um, – I'm I'm the I'm the advocate that's saying turn back the clocks and just play a four four two, but you know Lester proved that you could still do that. Sometimes you know sometimes football evolves so much, and and Wayne Rooney said it a couple months ago. You know sometimes football evolves so much that sometimes you just need to simplify and just be like go out there and play, and that's the best way to do it. He's not wrong. No, you see it in the NFL all the time. In the NFL all the time the. The three-four defense becomes the new rave, and and it's this defense, and it becomes so good, and teams don't know how to play against it, and then they do. So you switch to a four-three, and the four-three becomes this dominant. The four-three cover two becomes the the rave that everybody goes with, and then and then the three-four comes back in style. It's it's cyclical. Everything's cyclical. And ah, oh, you know who's you know whose fault this is right now? No. Tim Howard. How so? Tim Howard makes that save against Porto. Jose Mourinho doesn't win the Champions League. He doesn't go to Chelsea that year. He doesn't become Jose Mourinho. Uh, well, there you have That's, it. Think about that what if. Like, that is a big-time what if. Because you, you have to think. Because like, back then, Jose Mourinho was a very good manager. Um, so you have to think he would have gotten a shot somewhere. But does he have the unrivaled success that he's – or not unrivaled, but – does he have the success that he's had in his career? Does he end up as the manager of Real Madrid one day? You know, does he do all that? If he doesn't win the Champions League with Porto, where does his career go? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think he did a really good job at Inter. He did. He won the Champions League. Good yeah. job. That's 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 not an easy accomplishment. It says a lot that he, you know, he didn't win it with a lot of people. Now, uh, what happened to Barcelona that year? Who'd they lose to? Because that was like in the height of, you know, I think he just caught it. It was a good year. Did what, did Inter beat Barcelona that year? Yes. They did? He beat Pep? I want to say so. That's double check. I want to say no, because he never beats Pep. Let's double check. 10 Champions League. Stage. And they beat Bayern Munich in the final? Right. I knew that. They beat Uli Van Hall, which is absurd that he got to the final. <laughs> And they beat <laughs> Barcelona in the semifinals. Damn. Yep. Yeah, they played them in the group stage. They got a draw and a loss. And then they beaten 3-2 on aggregate in the semis. And Bayern Munich got to beat Lyon. I mean, come on. They played. How did Leon make it to the to the semifinal? Uh, I want to say that was still in their heyday, when they were the PSG of French. They beat Real. Soccer. They beat Real Madrid in the 
round of 16, which is that's impressive. I'll give them credit for that. Then they beat Bordeaux. And then they lost 4-0 on aggregate to Bayern Munich, which is kind of like how the following year when United got to play Schalke in the semifinal. That was a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Inter beat Chelsea, CSK, Moscow, and then Barcelona. So there we have it. Uh, any other games that you're looking forward to in the Champions League or Europa League that does not involve English sides? Dortmund. Sporting. That's going to be a good one at the top of group, uh, whatever group they're in. The Real Madrid group. Group F. Dor- Dortmund visiting Sporting. They've got some injury issues, um, especially at the back. But let's let's call a spade a spade here. When Dortmund are 100% at the back, they're still not that good back there. So... If anything, injuries could just help him out, but that should be fun to watch. I would expect Pulisic to play because they also have injuries at the front. Mm-hmm. So that's where my eyes will be today. Okay. Yeah, tomorrow, as far as the non-English teams go, I would say Napoli, Besiktas, maybe the, the game to watch if you're not watching Barcelona, Manchester City. I feel like most people are going to watch that game, though. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's the game to watch. Yeah. How's the TV schedule looking? I know you usually have a good grip on that. Uh, it is good. We got we got four games on the next two days. So, uh, who do we got today? Uh, FS one today is t- on on Tuesday is Tottenham, Leverkusen. FS two is Dortmund and Sporting. Leicester, I believe, are on no Leicester are on ESPN two. And FSN is Real Madrid today. Okay. And tomorrow it'll be Barca and, and City. Arsenal, I think, are on FS2. Um, and then Bayern Munich and PSG are the are either on FSN or ESPN2. One or the other. Okay. There you have it. We'll talk to you again later in the week. We'll preview match day nine in the Premier League. And then uh, also... Maybe I'll pick a match right for the first time in three weeks. Yeah, we'll see. I had a pretty good week. So I'm only, what, 10 points behind you now. So woo. Uh, But yeah, we'll talk to you again later in the week. And we'll go through some of the stuff that happens in the Champions League and Europa League, of course. And then if we got some good news stuff, uh, we'll do that as well. I heard Neymar is signing his new contract on Friday. Good for him. Oh, look at that. Well, we'll see. He might have some. Sounds like sounds like all of Ed Woodward's targets, Gareth Bale and Neymar, are getting new contracts. Yep. 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 So until then, enjoy the games here during the week, and we'll talk to you again soon. Until then, have a good one. Bye.